MPSA Education Committee podcast. Our topic today is the Quo Circa MPS study for 2019. I am Ed Mosteller. I'm the chairman of the Education Committee, and I'm here with Perform IT. Um, we have Dominique Moyne with Clover Europe. He's the MPS director for EMEA. And our special guest today is Luella Fernandez, the Quocerca Research Director. And um, just a little about the MPSA, we're an international independent industry. We provide education, research, and best practices to help organizations actively manage and optimize their document output devices and business processes. We've been doing podcasts now for over a year from the Education Committee to make sure you're up, date, you're up to date with what's going on in the industry. Um, and so we try and bring whatever hot topics are uh, out there. Um, today, we want to meet with Luella Fernandez and find out her thoughts on the industry based on her recent study, The MPS Landscape in 2019. This should be a very informative session, so let's get started and hear what Luella has to say. So Luella, I'll just start off. I, I found your study to be very interesting. And if you could share with us what your methodology was for uh, doing your analysis of the landscape in 2019. Yes, sure. So um, we've been running the MPS um market landscape for about 10 years now and the methodology has been pretty consistent in that time so we do a combination of end user um, analysis which um, involves a survey with senior it decision makers with the responsibility for decisions relating to mps and those interviews are conducted in the uk france germany and the us and we do between sort of 200 and 250 interviews um, for each uh, report. And they are typically organisations with over 500 employees. So the report's very much focused on direct MPS, although we do cover channel to a certain extent, but we have a separate report which focuses on channel MPS. And then um, to complement that, we do a vendor analysis, which involves um, each OEM um, submitting a survey um, back to Quocerca based on covering all the information around their MPS offerings and we have um, direct briefings which with each of those OEMs. So it's a real combination of I guess supply side and demand side to really give us a good overview of what's happening in the markets. That sounds great. It sounds like it's a very thorough analysis uh, with different different methods of, of gathering the data. Um, just on a high level, what, what were your key takeaways from the, from the study this year? Yep, so as I say, we've been conducting the study for quite a few years now, and what we've definitely seen over the, the past two or three years is that the market has reached a level of maturity, particularly in the enterprise um, space, and Today, there's very little to differentiate between the, the major um, MPS providers in the market. So we're seeing where um, differentiation is um, coming is really around 
the um, value-added services around um, digital workflow and also adjacent services such as IT services and business process management. So really the, the MPS market is quite commoditized, I guess, now, and um, there's a real need for the, the market to move beyond the, the, the printed page to these sort of broader services and solutions. But that's pretty much been consistent for the last few years, and we're seeing the, the leadership gap is definitely shrinking, you know, with the main players, we'd say, you know, Xerox, Canon, uh, Ricoh, HP, Lexmark and so on, they're all really fighting for um, a larger part of the, the, the same pie. Um, but, but generally there is opportunity, there, there's definitely uh, pockets of opportunity, particularly around areas such as digitalization, as I mentioned, in terms of better leveraging uh, smart MFP technology and also potentially um, we're seeing the emergence of more cloud uh, related services. That's yeah, so that's interesting. So you feel that it is a mature market. Um, do you see, I, I like the fact that in your study, you is very um, uh, international. Do you see a difference in acceptance of managed print based on geography? Were you able to see different geography, maybe a little bit mature, or maybe other geographies focused on other elements of the business? Um, so, so we focus on the um, the US, UK, France and Germany, and actually they're all very mature markets um, for MPS. I would say uh, the US and UK and Germany are probably ahead in terms of the, the maturity of um, adoption of MPS um, at the moment, um, and they're more likely to be the regions that are already adopting some of the uh, digital workflow um, services and solutions, and potentially even looking at cloud um, as a way of um, reducing costs and improving efficiencies around their print environments. But um, generally, because the market's so so mature now, there's not sort of huge differences between between those regions. But when we look at um, expectations around NPS budgets, um, the research definitely showed that the US is still more positive about spending more on their NPS contracts and engagements than perhaps the UK, which is more mature. And um, in, in the terms of, you know, that the NPS contracts have been running from, you know, maybe over five, six years. So they're maybe not investing as much in NPS. So when we looked at the expectations of spend, the US um, was the highest with 44% expecting um, spend on NPS to increase over the next 12 months um, and that compared to just 16% in the UK. So all quite mature markets but the US is most positive about NPS spend overall. Well that's that's pretty interesting. Um, you talk about it being a mature market but that um, but that there's still a lot of opportunity and I think uh, I know in your report, you talk about different stages. Um, so stage three, um, maybe you can describe what that is and then how you feel the end user businesses um, are of accepting management providers providing IT services. Because, you know, your history as, um, you know, Xerox, Canon, Lexmark is really in the output space. And now you're trying to move into other spaces. Are businesses accepting um, those capabilities? 
Yeah, that's a really good question. So, um, so what we're seeing at the moment is the majority of customers are um, either in the sort of stage of optimizing their fleet and implementing document workflow solutions to improve their business processes. So most NPS engagements today do have that element of um, digital workflow efficiency tools um, to drive improvements in their business. So um, I'd say you know maybe 60 to 70 percent of NPS contracts now have moved beyond just the sort of hardware rationalization to, to workflow as well. Um, but in terms of moving to adjacent services such as IT services, that's still um, quite nascent in terms of adoption. And I think that's a really good point about whether whether those end user organizations really view those uh, traditional print suppliers um, as having the um, expertise or even the credibility to deliver those services. So um, it's really that's one area where it is a you know significant opportunity for some of the MPS providers if they can either acquire those skills um organically or work um through partnerships because what we saw in our um print 2025 study which is something that um, we published at the end of last year is that traditional print suppliers are losing their influence in terms of um their relationships with um the kind of it decision makers stakeholders that are involved in these decisions so they're very much seen as the traditional print providers, but when it comes to IT services, they're more likely to go to a sort of a traditional IT services provider. So really the opportunity there is for MPS providers to really capitalize on um, expertise and skills that they can deliver IT related services. So essentially there's opportunity there, but at the moment there's probably less than 20% of those MPS contracts are actually also um, using the same supplier for IT services. And I would say there are some areas such as, um, you know, I'd say Konica Minolta um, and Rico in Europe um, and the US as well um, for Konica Minolta, they are making, you know, quite a lot of inroads in terms of IT services with their acquisitions. And I think it's paying dividends in certain regions. So I think there's, a lot to be said for some of those traditional um, providers that don't have those capabilities at the, the moment that they should build broader IT services um, offerings. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I think uh, we've definitely seen with Konica and uh, other uh, companies where they've acquired the capability. Um, Dominic, do you have a question? Yes, um, you mentioned Konica uh, Minolta and Rico, including uh, in their MPS um, data capture and digital workflow, etc., etc. Do you think they are doing that in a single MPS contract, or is it separate from MPS? Um, I think in some cases, because the types of contracts are very different, that they are using different contracts. I know that Rico does do that in some instances for, for its larger um, enterprise deals in, in Europe. And I think because of the difference in pricing um, around MPS and um, a traditional IT services contract, it's very difficult to, to build that into one kind of generic holistic contract. So at the moment, they are 
um, they are separate. But I, I think as MPS evolves and if, if it can potentially evolve to be based on a similar structure to a, a typical IT mm -hmm. services contract, there is the opportunity mm -hmm. for, for one contract. And that's why I mentioned the, the cloud opportunity because um, just to touch on that briefly, um, because more organizations are becoming more receptive or there's a lot more cloud momentum in terms of organizations um, adopting the cloud and that sort of subscription-based pricing, there's a real need for MPS providers to be able to deliver um, print in the same way because that's really how um, IT sort of B2B um, are now sort of purchasing or consuming technology and I think MPS has still got a bit of a way to go in terms of um, innovating in terms of its contracts to to be able to to offer it in the same way as a traditional cloud or IT engagement. Mm -hmm. Okay, thank you. The um, regarding the continued um, activity in MPS, and you talked about the US having a little bit more spend. Um, what do you feel are the top drivers for managed print? I found that very interesting in your report. And uh, so could you elaborate on that? What what was is driving uh, companies to implement managed print? Yeah, it does vary quite um significantly for my region. Um, overall, um, security is a key driver and I think that's um, kind of widely acknowledged in, in terms of any IT investment that security reducing risk, um, particularly in, in, in the light of in, in Europe with GDPR but also um, data breaches that are occurring um, so regularly that um, security um, has been a key driver for some time. What we're noticing is that reducing cost is not the primary motivator for MPS anymore. And I think that's very much because most organizations who are using MPS have already taken uh, cost reduction from their MPS engagements and they're now looking for more business outcome focused um, for MPS. So that would be um, related to not only security, but also improving business process efficiency and also reducing environmental impact. We're seeing that climb um, higher up the agenda. It's still not um, number one in terms of NPS, but it's um, shown to be a key challenge of organizations wanting to really improve their sustainability um, credentials. So for example, that's quite high in France compared to, to other regions, probably not as high um, in the UK, um, but we think sustainability is going to be climbing the agenda more. And actually for MPS, it's a real opportunity to actually help organizations not only reduce costs and drive efficiency around the print fleet, but also impact developing a more sustainable print infrastructure. And that means potentially moving those print servers to the cloud, um, investing in energy efficient devices, whether it's more inject devices instead of laser and so on. So there's, there's lots of opportunity there to actually improve um, environmental impact. And I think that's going to become more of a motivator for MPS as, as we move forward. Yeah, I know the environmental um, studies, there's there's plenty of them out there and, and plenty of, of tools, I feel, in the uh, in the U.S., it has less. Um, it's less active. The whole environmental impact than 
per, perhaps in Europe. Um, the one thing you didn't talk about was reduced costs. I think historically, when companies were selling managed print, it was there was a, a business case that the uh, client could save money, uh, reduced handling of consumables, maybe better volume discounts. Um, why do you think that's less important today as far as a driver than uh, than was before? Because I'm not sure that OEMs and dealers maybe fully understand that. Yeah, so again, it's it does vary by region. I think what we see the is important is definitely around the the consumables and it seems to be uh to resonate more in certain regions like um france and the the us than perhaps um the the other regions but actually it's a real um kind of dichotomy i guess for for the the oems and their partners because on one hand the the, the whole premise of mps is to rationalize the, the device um, environment or the, the printer fleet um, and potentially reduce printing. But at the same time, with print, obviously with print manufacturers, um, they, they, they profit from you know, increased printing. So what we're seeing is that the, there are some organizations who still have escalating print costs. They, they may have less devices, but they may still be printing um, higher, higher volumes than before, the same volumes. And, as a result, their consumable costs are increasing. So we do see consumable costs are still a challenge, um, but it's just not the top motivator. And actually, it's not far behind um, security, um, but it's just not number one anymore. And I think for MPS suppliers, they just need to look at the, the broader picture of how MPS can help deliver on all of these areas rather than just focusing it purely on um, will reduce the number of devices and reduce your printing and you know potentially consumables as well because sometimes it doesn't always um, align so I think having a look at the broader uh, messages for example around security it's not just about <clears throat> um, potentially having more secure printing but if you have pull printing implemented for example that can really help right. um, not only sort of enhanced document security, but it can also reduce wasteful printing, which reduces paper wastage and reduces consumable costs as a result, but also improves sustainability. So um, there's a lot of benefits even around security that are related to cost as well. So yeah, I would just say that in terms of our recommendations that cost is still there, but it's just not a primary motivator anymore. Yeah, that's a that's, um, good way to look at it. Um, I think that Dominique, did you have we you've um Luella, you've referenced cloud in the future, uh or, or even now. Uh, Dominique, do you have a question about relative to manage print and cloud? Um I have questions to uh, to follow your previous one, uh, Ed. Um sure. Uh, regarding the cost reduction, okay, I saw in your in your slides um, a line talking about uh, improve business process efficiency and reduce mm -hmm. paper usage. Okay, yeah. and uh, did you see in your survey 
more information regarding the fact to decrease the number of machines to decrease the cost. Uh, first thing, because more and more we are we can see people using, for example, remanufacturing toner. Did you see in your investigation uh, customer using refurbished machine? What happened after MPS contract three, four, or five years contract duration? Do they extend? Do they replace with new uh, machines? Do they start again a new optimization to decrease the, num the ratio number? Um, so do you have this kind of information? Because um, it's interesting to see a reduced environmental impact and reducing cost, but um, do they do that? So actually, we don't actually track that information in the study in terms of what happens at the end of the contract. Um, yeah. But just anecdotally, I think generally um, with MPS, one of the challenges is that the devices today are more reliable and more sophisticated. So for them to actually need to replace you know, their complete device fleet if they you know if they have come to the end of life um, there is that opportunity definitely again to to look at um, doing a complete assessment of the um, the printer fleet and also generally in that three to five years those organizations may have changed quite drastically since um, those contracts were first in place generally we see that there is quite a high um renewal rate in terms of going back to the, the same supplier and then asking for a, for a new assessment but we don't actually track what they what happens with those devices whether they they, they kind of sweat the assets for longer or whether they, they replace them but it, it really depends on what devices they've been using and whether they can still utilize those for, for their um existing business needs but you know, I do think there is there is, is an opportunity at the end of every MPS contract to actually provide um, more value-added services. So beyond just um, re kind of rationalising the device fleet again, but that's actually using it, how they can still leverage those MFPs, particularly if they're smart, intelligent, connected MFPs as most are today, to actually use those to support other elements of their um, business processes. So, for example using them for document capture, which we don't see being used very widely at the moment, but the you know a lot of these platforms now have embedded um, capabilities for document capture and scanning to implement different cloud um, applications. So I think there is opportunity there um, from that from that perspective, um, definitely. But as I say, within within our study, we, we don't go into that level of detail in terms of what they do at the end of the contracts um, with their actual devices. Thank you for this clarification. Um, so, Luella, do you see any other any other kind of models coming into the managed print? We hear a lot about um, user-based billing, monthly subscriptions, um, you know, kind of as opposed to the per-page model. Um, do you see any of that when you when you did your study? So um, we definitely see, or we don't see MPS providers necessarily doing that at the moment. But there is certainly um, interest from 
the end user organisations to move to, as I say, a cloud type of approach for print. So our study showed that around 73% of businesses in our study are planning to move some form of print management to the cloud, whether that's um, completely to the cloud or a hybrid version. But one of the reasons we're seeing that momentum build up is because they are now um, consuming a lot of their technology through cloud-based subscription models. And for those manufacturers that can offer something like that, I will mention Lexmark as being the one who we see as being ahead of the game in this um, at this moment in terms of their cloud offerings. So they have cloud print infrastructure and uh, cloud print management um, offerings, which are really based on these kind of subscription models. And um, I believe that this will get a lot of traction, particularly with organisations who are already operating other um, parts of their IT infrastructure in the cloud. So, um, yeah, so definitely would see that um, momentum building up around subscription based models, although there's very few manufacturers doing that now apart from i'll highlight lexmark there there are a few others that are doing it but not probably as established um and then we're also seeing you know the isps um so uh you know typically everyone prints one queue by soft mm. they're all moving this kind of um, subscription-based model and they tend to partner with all the, the major OEMs. so that's where i think well, there'll, there'll be opportunity to to really change the, the, the approach um, Dominique, do you have any other any other questions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the uh, the page 15, uh, 15 sorry, regarding the future opportunities for MPS provider. Uh, you are talking about cloud. You are talking about IoT uh, analytics and extend to a managed IoT service model. Um, do we have any example? Do you have this? Do you have, did you see um, such MPS organization? And I'm not sure really to understand. Do you mean that MPS provider has to, uh, to be linked with uh, Amazon, for example, and to provide mm -hmm. the MPS using the cloud uh, providing by Amazon to sell other things than uh, printing? This is what you mean? So, yeah, so this is a good question. So that um, the future opportunities for MPS providers are, is really kind of sort of looking um, forward to potentially what um, opportunities would be um, possible for them in terms of expanding their, their relevance. And obviously, like you mentioned, the cloud is one. Um, analytics is another, but the, the IoT model, we don't see necessarily any MPS providers doing that at the moment, but there is an opportunity for them to work, um, as you say, with other partners potentially on um, platforms that do support any endpoint on this sort of Internet of Things landscape, because essentially Smart mm -hmm. MFP is an IoT device. And IoT has become a bit of a buzzword now in the industry and, you know, sort of calling MFPs and IoT devices just really renaming um, something that has always had the capabilities in terms of connectivity and predictive maintenance and so on. But there, there is an opportunity um, potentially, for, for example, 
for um, MPS providers to partner with managed security service providers for um, order services around security, where it's one provider looking at the security of all endpoint devices. Um, there may be some that do that already. I'm not really familiar with many that have made a very strong correction in that space, but I think it is because most MPS providers are very traditional um, in their, their outlook in terms of how they're building their business. But we really think that to differentiate in the market, there, there are opportunities to partner with um, these kind of companies. I wouldn't say when we sort of mentioned Amazon, I would say that um, potential with Amazon would be more AWS in terms of their cloud platforms and AWS and Microsoft Azure. They both have um, very sort of comprehensive and becoming more and more um, sophisticated in terms of their IoT platforms and they can actually connect to any IoT device and there's the potential rather than creating these capabilities um, in-house, which um, a lot of sort of print manufacturers do, is to potentially work with those providers to establish broader um, offerings around the cloud. So that would be, you know, absolutely for, for the cloud. And again, Lexmark are already supporting Microsoft Azure, that's one example, um, with their, their um, cloud print offering. So there are some, some manufacturers who are already making steps in that direction. But I just want to clarify the, the Amazon um, relationship would be more around AWS um, rather than um, that kind of retail um, offering. Okay, great. Well, Luella, we covered a lot, a lot of uh, elements of your report here. Is there anything else you would like to um, that you think we missed that was uh, kind of stood out as you looked at uh, the landscape in 2019? I would say the main thing, which I, I did touch on earlier, is that um, because the market, as I mentioned, is um, becoming more and more mature and there's a lot of commoditization, not only on the hardware um, side, but also um, on the services, the actual core services of MPS. So, just really wanted to reinforce the the point not only to to look at um, adjacent services uh, like IT services, but we really do believe that the cloud is what's going to potentially disrupt um, the print industry in general in terms of providing opportunities for MPS providers to provide more um, efficient, more cost efficient ways of delivering um, MPS, which is more flexible for the provider themselves. Um, but also gives a lot of um, cost reduction and efficiencies and predictability for, for their clients. So, you know, definitely just wanted to reinforce that aspect about looking at cloud as a, an opportunity to, particularly for partners, to look at new revenue streams and potentially gradually move away from a typical sort of transactional approach to to print and MPS is, is really a very traditional approach to managing print on premise and actually moving that to moving servers in the cloud and providing cloud print management can really sort of help customers but also help those partners to drive more revenue opportunities for, for their own business. So you know they're all they can coexist and eventually the traditional MPS contracts will start um, 
not tailing off, they're not delivering the, the, the same profit and revenue as potentially um, could be gained from the cloud. And the cloud really helps develop long-term re relationships, which then uh, a partner can build um, more value-added services on top of. So the message there is really to look beyond print and look at sort of cloud, born in the cloud or cloud first partners who can really support that type of initiative. Yeah, that's that's really interesting, and that's a that's a pretty good shift, like you said, from the uh, traditional uh, MPS model. So it'd be interesting to see how that shakes out in the in the coming year. Um, so I really appreciate your time, Luella. I found your report to be very very interesting, and uh, your insights to the industry very helpful as well. Um, so we look forward to uh, seeing your. 2020 report and see how things progress uh, as the year goes on and um, appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you. That's been great. And thanks very much for having me. Okay, so that was really, really nice, Luella. It was very, very informative to me. So hopefully it'll be informative to others. Um, I stopped recording. So what, what we'll do now is I'll take that, it was about half an hour, and I'll edit, try and eliminate the noisy part at the beginning, and, um, and then we'll publish it. I'll let you know where the link is uh, for the MPSA podcast. And um, uh, like I said, I really, really appreciate your time. It was, it was really interesting to me. And, uh, That's great. Now I appreciate you, yeah, participating, and you know, happy to do um, more down the line as we release different reports. So, yeah, I'll keep you posted on on the next one. Yeah, and I think it'll you know it'll be helpful for you to get your uh, your company name out in the U.S. as well. So. That's good. Dominique, I know you got yourself on mute. I think Dominique might be in an airport. Uh, so, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, he had dropped off. Dominique, we wrapped up. Uh, do you have anything anything else you want to add? I finished recording. Uh, he's on as muted. Oh, there he is. No, no it's okay now. Sorry, I've been cut. That's okay. No, no, no more questions. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. So we wrapped up. Appreciate your input. And uh, as I told Luella, I'll I'll take the recording and uh, edit it and turn it into a podcast. And I think it'll be very good. So, uh, you guys, it's end of the day. Enjoy your enjoy your evening, and um, uh, talk to you all later. Thanks. Thanks very much. Thank you, Lola. Thank you. Bye. Goodbye.